0: everybody, welcome back to another edition of Simply Seria, the Italian football podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Sibiu, and I'm delighted to be joined by this incredible panel of Italian football experts. Uh, welcome back to the show, Marco Biferri, Mr. Juventus himself. We've got plenty to talk about with you. How have you been? How was your weekend?
1: Uh, well, my, my weekend was going all right until <laughs> Sunday evening, basically. <laughs> Uh, but not because of the referees, mostly because of my team. But so, yeah, not too bad.
0: Good stuff. We'll get into all of that as well. Also joining us, uh, Vittorio Campanile, as usual. How are you, sir?
2: Not bad, thanks. Not bad. Yeah, we'll have to talk about Juventus, I guess, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, we do. That's the one of the big stories anyway this weekend. And also joining us, Mr Roma himself, Alessandro Eremiti. How are you?
3: All good. All good after Paolo showing up yesterday night. It's all great. I think
1: it you. was about
0: time, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Right. Let's uh, let's kick off with Juventus. That's the only place really to start. Uh, a 2-2 draw with Salernitana Marco, but it could have been and should have been so much more for Juve. Talk to us first of all about the performance because you know, Salernitana went in at half time 2-0 up and that was pretty much what they deserved. It wasn't a smash and grab that first half. It wasn't Salonitana turning up, sitting back, being really defensive, really negative and managing to nick a couple of goals. They were the better side for large periods. So before we get into the controversy that came a little bit later on in the game, talk to us about Juve's performance. What is going on? Because Allegri just cannot get a tune out of this side at the moment.
1: Well, if you ask Allegri, he will tell you that it's because he's missing Pogba and Di Maria. But uh, he has been in charge for a year and a half already, and this is the same game you see every weekend. Uh, I've come to expect this. Like at every match, it's always the exact same thing. This is a very, uh, this is a very weak team, especially mentally, because as soon as something happened during the game, they just turn off. Like for example, last week against Fiorentina. They score and after they score, they just they just switch off. This weekend was the same. They started they started all right actually. The first 15-20 minutes, they started playing very well. Uh, Miretti is is class, he's a really, really good player. And then he had a chance, but then Salernitana score and it's like everything crumbles. Um, after that, we didn't do anything in the first half. Um, we actually gave them a penalty but this was something that i was i kind of see coming because i kind of saw coming coming because nicola is doing a great job with salernitana this is not the team that basically uh, avoided relegation last season this team i think is good enough to be in like the half of the table but still you cannot be two nil down at halftime against salernitana in your own stadium that's just impossible
0: and to be fair to you, Marco, we were in the studio together, I think, last week at some point. Was it last week? And you said that you were concerned about this fixture. And I said, ah, it's at home. You know, I don't really trust Salah to go to the Juventus Stadium and cause you problems. But they did. Uh, Vittorio, uh, Marco mentions Allegri, keeps referring back to the fact that he's got a couple of key players in Paul Pogba and Angel Di Maria missing. They're not going to be able to turn this around single-handedly, are they? I mean, the problems just look so much deeper than that.
2: It's very difficult, honestly. Uh, It's true that Di Maria, when he played like five minutes so far, he was very good. But, you know, one thing we have to mention is you'll sign two players, Di Maria and Pogba, who are injury-prone. So you know what you're getting, right? It's not a surprise that Pogba is out till the end of the season. the year. It's, it happened before. Um, the only justification we can have this time is that playing the after the Champions League, we see that affects team. I mean, Bayern Munich draw in the Bundesliga. How, how surprising is that? Uh, Inter struggle, but Torino is a very good team. Milan as well, Napoli as well. So all the team playing in Europe struggle. So this is one thing we don't have to forget, but can we say that you is playing a horrible type of football? I mean, it's annoying, it's boring. And yes, they're missing two players. But I mean, you should have enough quality. Uh, they may... we a, do.
1: We do have it, just we don't use it properly.
2: I mean, this signing of Paredes took like two months. I mean, he should be an interesting player. Uh, what happened to Vlaovic? Now this morning there was complaining because, oh, Vlaovic didn't take the penalty. What's going on? Kostic. Last year was terrific. Two years ago, Lazio was ready to sign him and he, he would have changed the team. He's not doing nothing with Juventus. Absolutely nothing. And honestly, I'm surprised Miretti is still there because we know how Allegri is allergic to youngster, and he's playing and that's good. I mean, he's one of the best in the pitch every time. He's really interesting. And honestly, I'm surprised he's there. And he's your best player at the moment. And this tells you how bad Allegri is managing this team.
1: I want to add into that. The only reason you see Miretti playing week after week is because Pogba is injured. As soon as Pogba is available, you will see that Miretti will disappear.
0: Yeah, and it's not necessarily fair, given how much he's bringing to the table. And and that's the problem with, with managers like Allegri, because he's not the only one. There are managers that have yeah. you know, certain players that they are very fond of and that they stick to. And, and as Vittorio said, it almost looks as though they're allergic to trying new things and blooding and in younger players. But, you know, that kind of environment nowadays, it just isn't really a healthy one, I would say. Go on, Vittorio. You're
2: not very used to, but in Serie A, it's very common, unfortunately. A lot of managers don't like to test youngsters, especially if you're not top club, I wouldn't say the top four, but in general, you know, the top eight clubs, except Sassuolo who not often finish in the top eight for this reason, they struggle to give a chance to youngster. And when we are talking about youngster, I'm talking about 22 years old. So in in England, they are form player. In Italy, they're still youngster. And the reason is because they don't play. It's very hard to see them playing in top teams. Um, Sarri is another manager who Rarely give an option to youngster. Allegri is another one. You know, we had plenty of this type of manager in Italy, and this is an issue. And then you see it in the national team, right? Veratti uh, had to go to Paris Saint-Germain to play because Juventus didn't rate him ready, and now we're seeing how what type of player he is. You know, so this is a general problem in Italy, and obviously Allegri is the prototype of this issue.
0: Even Antonio Conte, you could say, yeah. in the past, you know, didn't use Absolutely. youngsters to the way he should. Um, Ale, I know that you're very fond of Juventus. They're one of your favourite teams in the world. So, um, are you enjoying watching them go through this really difficult period and and what do you make of it?
3: I mean, you never enjoy, no? I mean,
0: uh, You can never enjoy Allegri football, can you? Let's be honest.
3: No, no, no. You never enjoy because usually Juventus set a level for, for the Italian football. So, if Juventus struggle, then we are then we have a problem. Then, when you uh, you see a goal is allowed in that way, the last second, uh, you're a bit happy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's um, um, go. Uh, ahead. For,
3: for a second, I think everybody except you went to fun thought, okay, now do you feel what we feel, you know? But, uh, Let's say, as, as Vittorio said, uh, every team playing in Europe struggles. We saw, uh, also, even for Roma yesterday, it wasn't easy. I mean, Roma produce a lot of football, but if you don't score, then at last second, akpak pro post. And if he scores, then what happens? Yes. Uh, do you with each week, put, put Milan in dangers. Uh also, Verona, correct me if I'm wrong, had a, a huge chance because uh, uh, before uh, Luis Alberto scored the the 0 So we saw uh, the, the, the the level. I'm, I'm I'm quite worried about Syria, to be honest with you. But great performance uh, of Salernitana because okay, you can complain about uh, the decision. Obviously, was goal the line, the var, the 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 VAR and whatever you want, but Juventus cannot end the, the first half 2-0 down at the Juventus Stadium against Salernitana. That's the point.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, look, we, we've kind of stuck the boot in on Juventus in this first section of the show, and and rightly so, because as Marco says, the performances are dreadful. We seem to see it every single week right now, so I think we're, we're sort of valid in, in being critical of it, but... Juventus should have won the game, Marco. Like there's, there's no question about that. And they did do enough to win the game. Milik popped up and obviously turned the ball in. Uh, First of all, he gets a second yellow card for his celebration. This is one of the most ridiculous rules in football that you can give somebody. I don't mind the first yellow card, but there should be something that prevents you giving a second one in that instance, because it's just crazy. But the VAR call, Marco, it's, it's probably the worst VAR call I can ever remember. And that is saying something because there have been some bad ones. Talk us through it from a Juve perspective.
1: Uh, yeah, it was, it's probably the worst that has happened in Italy so far in the five years of VAR. Uh, what can I say? I was watching the game and I was like, when we score, I was literally like, okay, fi- we, we managed to get through this again. But if you see the replay... It's incredible. First of all, the um, the referee association is saying that they didn't have the enough images to to see Candreva near the corner, which is stupid because I can I can probably understand that in like a small team stadium, but you don't have enough
3: cameras at the Juventus stadiums to see that, and then you see. Can me? Can, can, can I add something? Yeah. Basically, starting from this season, uh, the 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 football federation divided the, the games in three tires. And Juventus Salernitana was in tire three with just 10 cameras instead of 16. Tire one, 16, 16 cameras. Tire two, 12 cameras. Tire three, 10 cameras. And apparently, they didn't have the proper image to, to catch that frame. I just, I just find that incredibly stupid. That is, for,
1: for what well, you assume, is one of the top-rated leagues in the world, football leagues in the world. That's something that cannot happen. And the, the thing is, everybody got it wrong in that play because Bonucci wasn't offside to begin with. The other thing, he was being pulled by his shirt, so it was basically a penalty against him. Uh, it was just... And then they say that he was in the way of the goalkeeper's uh, vision, which is he wasn't. It's like they got three mistakes in one, and w- when the referee goes to the VAR screen... He basically takes eight seconds to review it, eight seconds, and then he comes back to the pitch and says he's offside. I mean, it was it was really, really, really dreadful, to be honest. That decision is by far the worst that had happened. But like I told you, I'm not holding on to that because I know a lot of uh, Juventus fans are doing that, like, "Oh, we got robbed." Yeah, we probably did. But the the thing that I'm feeling at the moment is that more than being robbed two points by the referees, I'm being robbed, like, my time when I watch this team. Like, I, I get robbed 90 minutes when I watch this team, because and that's the way i felt for, like, a year and a half already, and it, it cannot go on like this. It cannot go on like this.
0: Vittorio, I want to I wanna unleash you on VAR, because I know you're a big fan of it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I think... The example I make is
2: if you give me the F1 car of Verstappen, I will arrive last. And in that case, I cannot blame the car, right? The car is the fastest in F1. The problem is I'm not a good driver. And that's the VR problem in Italy. The referee, all the referee in Italy are so bad that the technology is useless in their hand. They are terrible. They are terrible and arrogant because... If you point them out, that's a mistake. They don't want to go and see it. They don't want to admit it. Last week, Lazio Napoli, there was a clear penalty for Lazio. Half of the Lazio player got booked because they say, go and see it on the wall, go and see it at the VR. He didn't want to see it. That was a clear penalty. This is the problem. This is the problem. The referee are so bad in Italy in the last couple of years. I mean, we didn't talk about it because it's not big, but Lecce got robbed as well. There was an unbelievable penalty Saturday for Lecce. Again, no VAR, nothing happened. That was a clear penalty. It's not that they are against Juventus, two etc. They are bad. They're simply terrible. Terrible. And they don't want to check their error because otherwise they would admit, hey, I made a mistake, I'm sorry. No, I don't go to VAR, so it's clear for me, it's all good, you know, that's the problem. I repeat it every single time. The, the problem solving is you give three challenges every team. Every team with a match start has a challenge. So you force the ref to go and watch that. Because if, if Sarri had that challenge against Napoli, that would have been a clear penalty. It was evident. Same thing for Lecce on Saturday. You know, this is the problem. Talking about what happened against Juventus, I don't believe they didn't have the camera. I cannot accept it. I mean, the zone show it. So the right holder had the had the camera and the VR didn't. I mean, come on, this is embarrassing. I cannot believe it.
0: The o- the other thing as well is the linesman has to see that anyway. Yeah. Forget the cameras. Forget all the different angles and who had this picture and who had that picture. The linesman who has put his flag up, the linesman who is watching that game should be in line with the play. And how can you miss Kandreva's but, position? You can't. But this is decide.
2: another. This is another problem. Now we see linesmen who doesn't stand up when there's three meters of offside because they wait for the call from the VR. Hey, it's offside. I mean, it's three meters. I saw it from the stadium. Why can't you? I mean, it's your job. It's your job. Every single time they have to wait for the call. Hey, it's offside. Yeah, it's 500 meters. I saw it from from home, you know. The the worst thing
1: about all of this is that nobody takes responsibility. Yeah. Like the referees made a statement yesterday saying, Oh, sorry, we, we just didn't have enough cameras. And today the president of the of the Federation, uh, Gravina, I'm I'm gonna read you exactly what he said because this is something that you, you, you just you just can't make up. He basically said that the referees have seen what they what later turned out to be a mistake, but nobody made a mistake. There have been no mistake, neither from VAR, neither from the referee. It's like, how? I mean, they're they're taking us as they're they're taking us as we were fools or something. Because,
3: come on, at least it's quite clear. I mean, football is the mirror of the country. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Nobody makes mistake in Italy, so the, the football it is what it is. The stadium, it is. I mean, as I said, I was in Sassuolo, and uh Before I went there, I heard okay. Sassuolo Stadium, it's one of the best in Italy. Okay, I see they they take care of the stadium, but if I compare it with Brentford Stadium, where am I? This is the problem. This is the situation.
1: Yeah. This is the reason why Serie A is not going to be a top league anytime soon as it was 20 years ago you see the difference here in England compared to Italy it is basically yeah it's a reflection of the country
0: but there is obviously poor refereeing decisions here as well it's not yeah it's not something that's exclusive to Italy but I think that one in particular at the weekend was was you know it was unforgivable you you can't justify that in any way. And I think, as you say, Marco, if they just put their hands up and said, look, a mistake was made and we apologise for it, people would still be angry and frustrated, but they'll draw a line under it and move on. But it's this constant want to try and justify something that's unjustifiable that drives people crazy. Um, Just before we move on from Juventus, uh, Marco, Vittorio mentioned that there was a question mark over why Vlavic didn't take the penalty and why Bonucci took it. He missed it. He managed to obviously score uh, the rebound as well. Give us a little bit of an update on Vlavic because the last time I think you was on, we talked about how his performances maybe weren't quite where they should be, but that, that was partly down to Allegri in the way that Juve were playing. Is, has anything changed on that front, in your opinion? No, <laughs>
1: at all. <laughs> but basically, the reason why he didn't take the penalty was Allegri. He said it afterwards, after the game. He said that he he told Bonucci that he should take it because this was a massive penalty. So, as Blaovic doesn't have the experience, Bonucci should take it, which is just... I I don't know if he's trying to save Bonucci from the press or something, because I can also see Bonucci being that type of person. He yeah. he's has a big ego. He, he, he He's probably someone who would take the ball from Blaovic himself. So, maybe Allegri was trying to cover a bit from him. But if this was an Allegri decision, this is just... I just raised my hands and I said, this is not possible. This is your biggest investment, your 80 million investment. He's a 20-year-old striker. He's one of the top in Europe. And you're telling me he doesn't have the experience to take a penalty in the 19 minutes against Salernitana on a match in September? Come on. And to top it all off, Bonucci missed it. I mean, yeah, he scored afterwards, but he was very lucky that he scored afterwards. So, this is just another thing. This is how Allegri develops young players. (laughs) We haven't seen any improvement from Blaovic. He's still getting less than 10 touches per game of the ball. I think Blaovic probably made one of the worst decisions for his career when he joined Juventus.
0: Do you think he should have joined Arsenal?
1: I think think he (laughs) would be developing... No, I think he would be doing much better... He's still doing very well. But if you see he has, what, four goals? Three is our, Two are from free kicks, one from a penalty. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all the way he's been uh, managed by Allegri.
0: Vittorio, you know, we're kind of coming at this from the angle of what does that do to your striker, your young up-and-coming striker, if you tell him, I don't trust you, essentially to take an important penalty. So instead, my centre-back is going to take it. But does that show that there's kind of cracks at Juve now? Because as Marco mentioned, Vlavic is a big investment. He's a big part of their future, a big part of their plans. And now you've got a manager in place who was obviously there at the time when they signed him, but clearly doesn't believe in him. Will there come a point where there'll be a bit of a standoff maybe between the club an allegory over issues like this if they continue to develop
2: um can we start saying that wasn't a
0: very important penalty it's
2: salernitana what happens when you have it against real madrid i mean do we have to stop the world and uh, yeah. it's yeah. salernitana with all due respect to salernitana i love the team but if that's an important penalty then we should stop playing football guys because it's
1: game week 6 it's game yeah. week
2: 6
3: yeah but it's it's from penalty like that that you prepare the guy to take penalty more important than yeah, this. That's, that's yeah, that's why, you
1: know. The, yeah. he,
3: he when, you face
1: Real, when you face Real Madrid, you will say, oh, but he doesn't have the experience. Yeah, but he doesn't have it because you didn't let him take it against Salerno. <laughs> it <does. laughs>
3: if you talk with players, they say uh, a penalty, it's, I don't know, 75% psychological. Yeah. So it's really important to take it when it comes If you you invest 85 million for a striker, then it's
2: your striker. Yeah, and he did it with Fiorentina. He took so many penalties with Fiorentina. So, I mean, this doesn't make sense. Now, I would say yes to your question, Harry. But the problem is that I fear, I fear for Juventus, not for me, I'm happy, that Agnelli and Allegri has an incredible relationship and they will continue working like that, which is a problem for Juventus because Allegri should go down and say to Allegri hey i have Lauwich i have Miretti i have don't know how many youngsters and you are not playing them you are not giving responsibility to them Bonucci is not getting any younger will he play the other two years who knows and at what level i mean he's struggling now imagine in next year so you should give more time and more responsibility to Vlaovic and the other players. Instead, he's not. And as an owner, as a president, you should go there and say, hey, you're my manager. These are, these are my important guys. I mean, if I want to sell Vlaovic this winter, I will hardly get 50% of what I paid him. Instead, I want to get the double. So, you know, these are problems. But again, I always said that the biggest issue with Juventus is Agnelli. So you, so that's the problem. Agnelli and Allegri are both terrible, in my opinion.
1: That's that's the main issue right now. I mean, yes, Allegri is one of the biggest problems, but he's basically the consequence. I don't know if I have mentioned this before, but the main problem with this club at the moment is that they are more Allegristas than Allegri himself. (laughs) They believe that this is the only way you can win trophies. And I think that contract that Agnelli gave to Allegri was more like a statement, to give him four years at seven and a half million was basically him saying, look, I had to fire this guy two years ago because Paratici, Paratici and Netta told me. So now I'm giving him full power. And with this contract, it will be basically impossible to get rid of him, at least for another year. So I think, yeah, Allegri is... Allegri is just a consequence of the bad decisions that Anelli has taken in the last three or four years because he shouldn't be deciding... Who who is your manager? And he has done that in the last couple of years. And and the main issue at the moment is Sagnelli with Juventus. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Big problem indeed. Um, Let's move on. Let's talk Inter, uh, who, of course, uh, left it late, but got over the line in the end against uh, a Torino side who probably should have found the back of the net themselves, uh, Vittorio. I, I watched... Uh, most of this game. And when I caught up with the highlights a little bit later on, basically all of the highlights were Torino chances up until when uh, Inter uh, eventually broke the deadlock through Brozovic. I know that Vittorio always says what a difficult side Torino are to break down. So talk to us a little bit about this game. What were your thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, again, very difficult to beat Torino. It's a very tough team. Adding this to the Champions League, Inter played the Champions League. You can see some players weren't 100% fit. And to be honest, Torino had so many chances. Handanovic, who played in goal and didn't play in the Champions League, made a couple of very good saves. Very good saves. Otherwise, Inter would have lost that match. Um, in the end, I think Brozovic made a great goal. little bit of mistakes there from, from Torino defence. Can I say Torino didn't deserve to lose? I think they didn't. And the other important thing is that Inzaghi has been booed at the San Siro by the fans. This has been a very hard week for Simone Inzaghi. After the bad defeat against Bayern, a lot of fans weren't happy about Simone Inzaghi. The, the, the Inter made a statement, we are sticking with Simone Inzaghi, we have no issue with that. Match at San Siro, fans booing Inzaghi, a lot of fans didn't like the decision, the the substitution he made. So it wasn't really really uh, an easy match. Again, Dumfries didn't convince me. He struggled against Bayer. He struggled against Torino. I don't know. This team is not going as I expected. This team is struggling more than I was thinking. Um, Chalanoglu is not playing as well as was thinking. Uh, without Lukaku, they're missing a striker. Again, Edin Zegos started, but he didn't create pretty much nothing. So, uh, big surprise. Honestly, I was watching the match and didn't expect, I didn't see Inter winning this one, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think Torino has a lot to regret about this match.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right. You know, I'm, I'm the same. I looked at this Inter side and I made them favourites for the title at the start of the season, in my opinion. And and now I'm looking at them and I'm not quite sure because it just doesn't look as though it's clicking at the moment. And Ale, did you see Brozovic's finish? Because yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I've watched it a few times. Does he mean to do that or is he trying to control it? it feels I'm like not
3: he's 100% it. sure.
0: <laughs> he yeah, what did, what like do that. the rest of the guys think on that? I don't
2: know. For me, Vanya, the goalkeeper, was surprised. He didn't expect the, the yeah. ball there. So I don't know if Brozovic was trying to do something different. But yeah, don't know. They, they have been lucky in that chat, in that that type of action, right? Even because Barella didn't do pretty much nothing for the full match, and then he made the assist. So
1: I think I think they were a bit more surprised because it's usually backwards. It's usually Brozovic who put the, yeah. puts in that ball for Barella. But uh, yeah, I think Borosovich uh, was planning on getting that into the goal.
3: The the ball rotation was weird,
1: you know. I think it just hit it weirdly, but I think he he meant to score. There. I mean, See, meant to I
0: think because hard. he was he, he kind of like he sort of leaves the ground a little bit, doesn't he? I feel like you don't do that until the very last minute if you're trying to strike on goal. But the fact that he is kind of ahead of it and and sort of in the action already suggests to me that he's trying to bring it down. And he just catches it in a way that takes it past the keeper. And as Vittorio says, catches him uh, unawares. But look, Inter got over the line and um, Simone and Zaghi will be grateful for that. And, uh, you know, they, they move on. And as we've mentioned, you know, we're recording half an hour before their uh, Champions League game against Victoria Pilsen. So, of course, we'll um we'll keep an eye on how the Italian clubs do. Um, let's talk about their city rivals, Milan, who picked up a 2-1 victory At Sampdoria, our good friend Tommy, who's not with us today, was at the game. He is on holiday. He is in Italy at the moment. Um, I was sort of WhatsApping with him during the game. And he came away from it and said, I think that Sampdoria were good value for at least a point. I'm interested to know what you guys think about that, because I've seen sort of different views on this. I, I think that had they got a point, not many people would have said it was undeserved. But you just you always felt like Milan were kind of in second gear maybe Ale what, what did you make of their performance
3: I mean if if Sampdoria take one point you you cannot say anything no but uh, probably I saw I didn't see I didn't watch the full game so I saw mm-hmm. a bit of highlights but for example when when Milan was in control obviously was superior but uh, then some 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 mistakes uh, uh also at uh, the last second Gabbiadini had a, a big chances but manyan good good save uh but uh, the, these are the the kind of of uh, winnings away that then count at the end of the season for
1: me yeah,
0: and, for, for, for... and uh, milan seem to yeah. be doing that still don't they yeah. marco did did Rafael Leal have to be sent off for that?
1: I think he I think he I think he had to. Yeah. He he caught the, the head of Sampdoria's defender. He had to. But I'm just going to say this is this was a massive win for Milan. I think this proves how mentally strong they are because they were up one nil, they get Leao sent off, Sampdoria ties the game, and then you still go ahead and win the game at Genoa. I think that really proves that. Uh, I've been saying it since day one. Milan is the team to beat this season in Italy, and I don't Not think. Roma. Sorry. Not Roma. Well, Roma, yeah, Roma's second as well, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, for me, Milan is the team to beat, uh, and I don't think maybe if Napoli can hold it for like throughout the whole season, but they are always ups and downs with them. I think Milan is going to cruise to the, to the Scudetto this year. I don't see any other team like getting near to them because they play like like a Premier League team, I would say. They, they really, really do.
0: They obviously got all three points thanks to a penalty that was awarded. And Vittorio, we saw the good side of VAR in that one. We?
2: <laughs> no, we saw the wrong side. I have De
0: Ketelare in my fantasy. Come on,
2: guys. I mean, it's not the first time. Uh, what can we do? I mean, it's the third time I think this this year they cancel a, a goal for a team. I mean, I'm it's so upset. I'm so it's upset. It's like
1: it's like Morata a couple of years back. He had like six
2: years. He's allowed by one centimeter. Anyway, uh, I, I didn't when, when Leal got sent off. I thought mm, you know what, Sampdoria could win this one. It could be the the, the turning point. Again, Milan played in Champions League. And for me, was the team that struggled less of all the team, the Italian team I'm talking about, playing in the Champions League. And again, this is another factor, because yes, uh, Milan has a lot of players, but let's not forget that they don't have that many options. Uh, they have some injured players, like Ibrahimovic. I don't know when Ibra is coming back, but the rotation works, you know. So I, I was really impressed. I- I'm not rating Sampdoria that much, but you know, when you are one man up. Uh, and your team just played in the Champions League, so mentally, mentally, you're tired, and instead Milan find a way to win. So this is huge. This is huge. Um, So, yeah, very impressed. Very impressed, especially because on the other side, we are seeing Inter struggling. We said it before. Napoli as well was very lucky to find a way to win again uh, on Saturday. You know, it's not only that Milan is playing well it's the other team are playing bad. So you know this is the risk is they're gonna get a huge gap if they continue like that.
0: Yeah and and there's always this Champions League factor as well. Yeah. You know that that's that's the thing. We've we've talked about it at length about teams coming off the back of European games and, and how they've been affected. I still look at Inter and think that they can put a run together. I still look at Juve and think that if they can solve some of their issues, they can. I'm not saying they're going to win the Scudetto, but they can be closer. And I look at Napoli and as encouraging as their start to the season has been, I still see a side, first of all, with Spalletti. And second of all, who have those inconsistencies as well. And and they're never too far away from that. Um, let's talk a little bit about Roma, Ale. Um, Paolo Dybala finally turned up. Talk to us.
3: Yeah, finally. I mean, uh, I was reading a stats in the last ten years. Uh, it's the the first player for goal score outside the goal, the the box, twenty seven, and it was really important because yesterday you could see. Okay, uh, this is what we were missing last season because yesterday, uh, last season, we without Dybala, we couldn't have win th- that game because. It puts the, the quality we need, but uh, Roma uh, is, is a work in progress because they they still missing a lot of chances. And as I said, and as uh, my colleague Victorio mentioned at the beginning of, of the season, when we have done the starting read, the problem still there, uh the defense, and we, we have considered a, a lot of chances at the end. If the if Akpak Ak- 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 Pro, Formellatio is touching is hurt scores, then you miss the penalty with Pellegrini, and then uh, would have been two two point loss. But now we are on track, and let's see how we develop. Uh, to be honest, you cannot expect Roma playing a beautiful football. This is not the Mourinho style. You just start the, watching the game, expecting Roma to winning the game and get the three points.
0: So when I was looking at the league table earlier on today, something that really jumped out at me, and, and Ale, you've mentioned that Roma are struggling to convert chances at the moment. They're the only side in the top six in Serie A so far that haven't made double figures in terms of goal scored. Is it something that is concerning you? Like, do you look at it, are you at the point where you go, shit this is a real concern or are you at the point where you know because I've been in this position with my team in the past where you think we're playing the right game we're playing the right style the chances are coming it's just not really happening at the moment there's a lack of good fortune I guess has it got to the point the lack of goals basically where you're worried about it or do you think it's something that if you keep playing the way you are will rectify itself Uh,
3: I would say yes and no you know if you look at the at the goal difference, to me is a uh, a good uh, parameter to measure the season and how how a team is are, is performing. You see Roma is behind the competitors in terms of goal difference. Obviously, uh, we should mention the the last fixture against uh, Udinese, uh, massive defeat, and it uh, changed the, 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 the stuff a bit. If mm-hmm. you don't score then then it's tough. Historically in Syria uh, you uh, if you want to, to end at the top, you should be good in, at the defense. You, you don't need to concede goals. but uh, if you struggle to, to, to score then you suffer because the, the, the competitors, they they score every week then.
0: Vittorio, Ale makes a good point, doesn't he? The, the landscape of the Serie A has changed quite a bit, hasn't it? In the past, it was about avoiding defeat, making sure that you you know were tight defensively and, and sound defensively and knowing that you then had the quality at the other end to, to go and nick games. Uh, a lot of the time, 1-2-0. But the landscape has changed. And so, as a Lazio man looking at Roma, do you worry for them? Obviously, you don't because you, you don't want them to win, but you know what I mean? Do you look at that as a problem? I hope it will become a problem. But,
2: you know, one thing is, I'm not sure, correct me, guys, if I'm wrong, I think Mauricio Sarri with Juventus was the only team to win the Serie A and not have the best defence goal conceded. So, yeah. the landscape is changing, but not that much in Italy. You still win the title if you allow less goals than the other opponents. And Juventus was the only one with Sari because Sari ball is different. Um, I, I, the, the funny thing about Roma is I don't rate their defense very much. But if you take off the four goals they allowed against you uh, against uh, Udinese, they just allowed they just conceded two goals, you know. So yeah, it's true that they only played against Juventus so far. But you know that's that's an interesting number. I think the biggest problem with uh, with Roma is Abraham. He scored yesterday, but if you take off the match of yesterday, he didn't score that many goals. He's struggling a lot, and even yesterday, you could say he was lucky because the goalkeeper put the ball in his box, so in the net. So, I think the biggest problem is Abraham not performing as well as expected. Uh, but yeah, the defense in Italy is still the key for me. So that's that's with Mourinho. That's an uh, a good point because even last year Roma didn't concede that many goals. Roma won a lot of match 1-0, 1-0 1-0 and it's still three points, guys. So, you know, if you win all the season 1-0, it's the same of winning 3-0 or 3-2, etc. So, that's where I'm scared about Roma.
0: Marco, what's your sort of early season assessment of Roma? There's a lot of hype around them. Jose Mourinho's in charge. He always brings a fanfare with him wherever he goes. Um, You know, this game, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ali, because I only saw the highlights on this one, but it wasn't the greatest Roma performance in the world, but they certainly made enough chances to win the game and they did it. It, it,
3: I I mean, let me do a quick recap. Go ahead. At the beginning of the last season, I was really suffering because, for example, under Paulo Fonseca, we conceded a lot of goals, but Roma played a good football. Yep. Then when we switched to Mourinho, uh, all of a sudden the, the, the football was gone, but he you know how to win games. I know you don't like Mourinho, Harry, I feel it, you don't like him, but uh, for me as a Roma fan, if, if you never win and in the first season, it wasn't the best season of our history He brought the trophy european trophy historical for us maybe for you it's not a major because uh, it's the europa conference league but it, it's it's the our... pound
0: land version of a european yeah. trophy
3: yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: but for us it was really important you know to, to change the the mindset so uh, let's see yeah i was going to say i think
1: that the the teams that play the worst type of football in Italy are Juventus, Roma, and Monza. Those are probably the three teams that play the worst. But they're getting the points, and that's, that's Mourinho style. So who knows? Now they have Divala which can get you three points just like he did yesterday, like out of nothing. He just had an amazing first goal and a really good assist as well. So I don't know. I think playing-wise is... It's basically the same old Mourinho, but as Ali was saying, they know how to win now. Yeah, it was the conference, league, but still, that's that's very big in Rome. So that gi- that gives you a sense of, uh, of of having it done before. So who know, I, th- I think they're they're gonna end up in the top four. I really here's, think they will.
0: He, here's my issue with with Roma. So. Marco says and and rightly so I don't think anybody would disagree that probably the three worst footballing teams in terms of entertainment right now and being expansive and going out there and and looking to take the game to their opponents are Roma, Juve and Monza and if you look at the league table and I know it's early and you shouldn't make too many assumptions based on the league table at this point but Juventus are in eighth which is nowhere near where a club of their size and stature and with the talent that they have in their squad, they should be. Monza are rock bottom of the division. And so the point I'm trying to make is that playing this way all the time and getting over the line just about... Like, you look at Milan, right, at the weekend, and that wasn't their best performance, but they managed to get over the line. And when it happens now and again, you say, "Okay, they found a way to dig deep. But when the football is poor or not up to the standard required every week, I don't think you can expect the team to realistically progress. I think Roma could get in the top four because Inter aren't very sound at the moment. Um, we've mentioned Napoli and the fact that they could potentially have wobbles. I'm not totally convinced about Lazio, and and I'm you know, Victoria is going to walk out. Um, you know, people like Atalanta who have had a great start to the season. We'll talk about them just briefly in a moment, but. You don't look at those clubs and say they're nailed on at the moment. So I think if Roma do get in it, it will be because the overall level of the league is not where it was in the past. I think if, I think that if you don't play good football and you struggle to break teams down, eventually it catches up with you. Uh, Vittorio, where, where do you stand on this?
2: No, I agree on, on what you're saying, absolutely. I mean, football has changed and, uh, It's three, four years that we saw it. And, uh, I mean, Mourinho failed in Premier League because that type of football doesn't work anymore. In Italy, it's slightly different, I think. That type of football can work to an extent. I'm not saying, I don't believe Mourinho can win the Scudetto playing like that. We know that the second year is the best of Mourinho. So this is my fear. He has DiBala. If Abraham starts scoring again, Uh, I'm not convinced that much on Belotti. But, I mean, he can find a way to win this type of matches. Now, the biggest question mark, to be honest, with Roma is, so far, the only big team they played is Juventus. And we've been talking 35 minutes of how Juventus is bad. They played against Udinese and they have been destroyed. So, you know, I think before really knowing where Roma can, can go... We have to test them against a big team, so that's that's the biggest concern. But you know, you you read the numbers of the defense. I don't find a single player that say mm, that's a very good defender. But still, they allow very few goals. So Mourinho is very good in that. He's he has a winning mentality. So I, I fear Roma can arrive in the top four, honestly. Even because Napoli is making this, a lot of mistakes. I'm not like... I don't like what Spalletti is doing. Inter is a bad surprise. They're not doing what I was expecting. Juventus, again, I mean, it's a disaster. So, you know, they can arrive in the top
0: four. Interesting stuff. Ale, I'll I'll let you close off on Roma. um, You know, with with a a bit of a summary as to... I, I know you've kind of told us already, but how are you feeling right now? Are you kind of... Because I, I think, you know, Marco was talking sort of off air about feeling a bit of an apathy towards Juventus at the moment. And I think that's the worst feeling as a football fan, to not really feel engaged or bought into what it is uh, that your club is doing. Are you all on board the Mourinho train, is basically what I'm asking you.
3: You cannot be on board the Mourinho training. I mean, it's it's the probably the, the best period to be a Roma fan in 20 years, How, how the 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 fans are feeling about the club and, and that kind of stuff in terms of playing no it's not the best period but we we have played beautifully in the last 15 years and we have won nothing so uh, I take Mourinho with we, we, we all Mourinho stuff so then on the next fixture there will be Roma Atalanta Atalanta won't play in the middle of the week so It will be an important test for Roma.
0: So you say that the fans are feeling really positive about Roma. Yeah, Is that just down to Mourinho though? Or have other things happened that maybe people from the outside, you know, in terms of the club backing Mourinho, in terms of, has there been other goings on that have led to that connection coming back outside of just the Jose Mourinho factor? So is is it right to say that it's, All on him, or or is there a a wider picture?
3: I would say 85% is on him.
0: Okay.
2: Well, also the arrival of Dibala helped. And uh, you have to say that Roma is very good in marketing. Very good in marketing. So they promoted everything very well. You know, they they have been very smart in ticket sales last year. I mean, uh, Roma played against Bodo Gling in conference league and they had 45 50 000 people at the match you know that's huge to get so many people at a match like that so that's important and i know alessandro would laugh about that but roma fans are easily getting can get easily getting excited right i had people friends of mine saying this is the scudetto this year with DiBala. we're gonna win the scudetto etc roma fans are, are those type of fans they get They are very passionate and they are easily getting, uh, you know, convinced. So that definitely helped. And Mourinho is very good at that as well.
3: Roma is definitely the perfect place for Mourinho. Trust
2: me. Very
0: passionate. Yep, indeed. Best fans in Italy, some people say. What would you say to that, Vittoria? (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's what they say yeah. I cannot judge <laughs> I never heard someone saying that to be honest with you, <laughs> but,
0: you know, they, they, they say that quite a bit in England to be fair but
2: Roma, really?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah A lot of people in England about. say that They they tend to It tends to be one of those social media narratives so you can't really you know say that They're
2: it's very just, good in social media I mean they're very I, 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 I would hope that Lazio would have been so aggressive and so uh good in social media like roma
1: is i think i think roma's environment is very passionate and that's something that a lot of times have done uh, much much worse to the team that actually good to it i mm-hmm. mean it's uh, many times i've seen like different uh managers or people in the in the club that haven't been able to to do the job because the place is like really really passionate
0: yeah it can be it can be a weight on your shoulders as well as yeah. a positive can't it. Yeah, um, I
2: mean it, it's, both way.
0: it's both way positive
2: and negative. Positive because you know when you play at the stadium like that the atmosphere is huge and you get help by the fans on the wrong side obviously i mean when roma lost the final of coppa italia against lazio it was a nightmare to be a roma a roma player so you know you get both ways so Depends on how things are going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's quickly touch on Lazio, uh, Vittorio, 2-0 win. Um, a routine win, really, over Hellas Verona. I expected Lazio to win the game. What was the performance like?
2: Well, again, as all the team playing in, in Europe, uh, Lazio didn't play great football, but we deserve to win. Verona is a very tough team, uh, so I was impressed by the victory. As Alessandro mentioned, we had to struggle and concede a left second huge chance for for Verona that they missed luckily and then afterwards we finished the match with the scoring at the 95th minute so good because last year Lazio last year, after playing in the Europa League won just one match one the, the the after playing in Europa League Lazio made five points so we are already three so this is it's a good start of the season this tells you about Lazio play last year after the Europa League But this is due of the roster, right? We didn't have that many options. This year, we have something more than last year. So, definitely, uh, it's a good sign.
0: Good stuff. Um, I just want to quickly, before we wrap up, just touch on a couple of teams and get you guys' thoughts on them. Um, I'll start with you, Marco. What have you made of Atalanta's start to the season? They sit second in the table. They're level on points with both Napoli and Milan. And that's off the back of a lot of people, at least outside of Italy, suggesting that Atalanta under Gasparini are finished and that it's time to kind of draw a line under that project. Now, I'm not saying that that maybe still doesn't have some truth to it, but they've certainly started the season in a way that's shut a lot of people up.
1: I was one of those. I thought this was the end of the cycle for Gasparini at Atalanta, and he has proven me wrong. Uh, But it's basically the same. He has proven that like, he's the type of manager like Juric, uh, and all of these type of managers that once you let them work, and once you give them like not full power but the right amount of power, he can build something from it. And to be honest, it's not it's a bit of a surprise because I thought they were done this year. I mean, after last season and with all the issues that Gasperini had with like many different players now with Manilowski as well, even though he's playing. Uh, but yeah, that's that's Gasperini for you. Those are the type of managers that. I don't want to go back to Allegri, but this is—he's like the complete opposite of it. You can see when when a team and a club has a proper manager that, yeah, that does the work,
0: and everybody's kind of singing from the same hymn sheet, and the exactly. players are bought in, and and Yeah, can I there.
2: just add that Atalanta played against Cremonese,
0: Arezzo,
2: and Monza. <laughs> you know, the bottom three team of the table. So,
0: and and then they've got a test coming up at the weekend. They're away to Roma. If they come out of that with a positive result, will your mind start to change, Vittoria? Will you be delighted with them if they got a result there? <laughs> it's a tough match for me. I hate both
2: teams, so you know. <laughs> he hates Gasperini a lot, I guess. Not not like Roma, but we are really close. I would say. Yeah, yeah Gasparini is awful, but. Yeah, that could be an interesting test. I was surprised they, they they didn't lose against Milan. So that's definitely something to think about. But against Cremonese, they didn't play very well. So that was surprising. I mean, Cremonese is a team that was struggling. They found a point. so
0: mm. Well, it's a bit like, it's, it's kind of like a bit of a comparison to Arsenal's start to the season in the Premier League. And obviously, being an Arsenal man, I'll always draw this comparison. Arsenal started the season with five wins out of five, but everybody would say, oh, look at the teams that they've played against. It's not, you know, it's not something that, you know, is as is, is special maybe as some people are making it out to be. So I've kind of got some sympathy for Atalanta in that sense, because you can only beat what's in front of you. And if you're doing yeah. that, you deserve praise for that. And As a fan of that club, the last thing you want to hear is people going, well, but you only played X, Y, Z. But, you know, the fixtures will all even out and we'll we'll have a good look. Yeah, but Um, you
1: still have to beat those teams. And these are probably the teams that in the past years you would have a bit more difficult with. Now you're beating them, so, yeah.
0: We'll see, we'll see. Uh, Just quickly as well, Ali, I want to finish up on Udinese. Um, And the reason I come to you is because you've seen them uh, first-hand, literally give your side a serious beating uh, just uh, just recently. They sit fourth in the table. Um, I've been really impressed by their start to the season as well. What have you made of it?
3: I mean, I was um, at Sassuolo, Sassuolo Stadium on Sunday, so I had the chance to, 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 to watch the game. Uh, they, they look a really good team because it's not easy. Sassuolo, it's not the the, the same team as the the, the past season, but if you have the chance to uh, step up against Fiorentina, against Roma, uh, good talents, because Udoji, for me, it's the best left back we have in Serie at the moment. Uh, Samasic is quality, the other first quality, and then, uh, for example, uh, Lowrich, great assist. Uh, for the third goal scored by, by Beto. Beto is really important for Udinese, and Sotil uh, is doing a really good job. He proved uh, last season managing Gascoli, uh, what he can do, and and uh, Udinese is the perfect place to build and 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 do stuff. Let's yeah. see until we, where they last, but.
2: Guess the only player of Udinese who doesn't score who has it at the fantasy football? <laughs> Delofeo, what he- what is happening with you? Uh, I'm, I'm,
3: I, I, I have Pereira and Udoji, so when we lost against them uh, last weekend was was terrible, but I want uh, fantasy football, you know at least
0: it just sounds to me Vittorio like you just pick all the wrong players
2: yeah I'm gonna gonna switch and buy all the Roma players and see how things go ah yeah
0: that's how you curse them yeah absolutely yeah brilliant stuff look guys we're gonna leave it there Uh, we've been going for around about an hour thank you to everybody uh, of course for tuning in make sure you are subscribed. make sure you follow the guys as well their social handles are in the description below my thanks to Alessandro to Marco and to Vittorio uh, for joining me as always and we'll be back next week with some more Serie A talk until then take care of yourselves and enjoy the Champions League football see you later